0: The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Bet $50 at Winbet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with Winbet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross we're brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper but now you can win cold hard cash with their over under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGP and group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGP and app. Your home for all of our free picks and podcasts.
1: He the catch and he gets for the touchdown.
0: made by Calvin Ridley. Wilson, Welcome everyone, to the Propcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, May 19th, currently 209 on the East Coast. Here to talk about some rookie wide receiver player props. Some early totals have dropped, so we're here to discuss them. Like I said, we're going to be here throughout the offseason, breaking down awards markets, some total yardage props and things like that. And today we're going to do the wide receiver uh, receiving prop totals. And joining me to break it down, we've got a full house of gentlemen here to join me first my main man both on the west coast first it's dan titus dan how you doing my
1: man what's good brother it's uh good to be back on the prop cast we were talking about before the show is like how much stuff is actually going on right now i know you're yeah. you're an mlb in the thick of it we got the nba playoffs with the gambling podcast is popping um and and rod the, the other guy that's on here i know he's mr usfl right now in nascar so man we're, it's funny that we have to fit in you know, NFL conversation in the midst of this, but uh, there's some juicy props that we got to talk about. So um happy to be back on the prop cast as always.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's May only, but you know, we, we talk about how it's busy times. we some, we all say this on every pod, podcast. I say I, when I'm talking to Rod or you and all of us, it's like football right now, it's, it's not really on the radar but it kind of is because we're worrying about other sports that are going on right now with like NBA playoffs NHL usFL now and, and we got uh, Kentucky Derbys and preakness this weekend but it, it's it's been crazy uh but also joining us like Dan mentioned also on the west coast my main man rod via Gomez rod how you doing brother
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny that NFL is king. Yes, but not for us. Like we have all I mean, we're Gens to the core. Every single thing that that is shiny pops up. And if we could bet on it, we want to give advice about it. So yeah, I mean, here we are talking about the NFL, but there's like 19 other burners going right now.
0: Yeah. I I think I mentioned this last time too, that there's, if there's odds on it, you know, SGPN is covering it. But, um, like I mentioned, we'll we'll talk about some uh, NFL wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers today on this prop gas. We'll talk about their, um, yardage total. Some of the books have dropped. We'll discuss, you know, depth charts. We'll talk about, um, what we obviously like on their yardage total. We'll talk about, um, touchdowns. Maybe we'll get into that, but I think focus will be on yardage, but um, guys, we saw some early wide receivers taken. I think that's kind of the expectation now with how the league is. It's a passing league now, right? You have your quarterbacks, you need your wide receivers, Um, some fascinating guys. I guess we can say that have been taken in the first round, but Dan, let me start with you, man. I know we saw I think Drake London was, I think was the first one off the uh off the draft board for Atlanta there. But um, any surprise on where maybe some of these guys went, or do you kind of see, or did you see that it kind of played out how you thought it would?
1: No, I think there was definitely some surprise there. Um, I was heavy on Drake London being Uh, a top 10 pick, and to see him go to the Falcons, I think that that was an ideal landing spot for him. Um, I think the the surprise for me was Jahan Dotson uh, out of Penn State to the Commanders. Uh, I think that they definitely could have um, they could have selected Alave. You know, they they had a couple of other options there. I think that that was a bit of a leap. That was probably the surprise of the draft for me. Yeah. I think another good landing spot was Jameson Williams, him going to the Detroit Lions. They don't really have a quarterback, but good thing is, you know, if they're bad in 2022, 2023 has a pretty good QB class. So if Jared Goff isn't the guy, which we all know that he's not, mm-hmm. um, there could be a nice little prospects for their their future um, with him and Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. So, um uh, some other guys that I like, you know, Sky Moore, I think is is really interesting because he lands in probably one of the best destinations to, to to play with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. They didn't really address their wide receiver room that much, so I think there's a lot of upside there with Tyreek Hill now out of there, um, trying to figure out who's going to take some of those targets. And I think Sky Moore is probably um, he's probably looking like a pretty good fantasy pick just because of the opportunity and and also uh somebody you may want to target for these early early season props as well.
0: Yeah, Jameson Williams went 12th overall. I was hoping that he would fall a pick right after to the Texans cuz they did need a wide receiver, but they did pick up the other wide receiver from Alabama, John Mechie uh later in the draft. But um Rod same question to you man, any surprises there in the draft or did you kind of see it uh play out uh how you thought it would? I think everybody
2: had a feeling of what was going to happen, so I feel like it played out well. But I, I just, what Dan was talking about intriguing landing spots. Uh, Christian Watson uh, landing into into Green Bay, where now Devonte Adams is gone, and you look at that receiver room, and and it's basically just a a pickem of who do you think is going to to perform. So I think he's got an uh, he's got a great opportunity with Aaron Rodgers to to be. Let's not go too far and say Jamar Chase esque, but at the very least, maybe uh, put himself apart as a rookie receiver with a great quarterback that has the opportunity to maybe overperform uh, exactly what we we think we can get out of him. Uh, obviously, an, an F, uh, FBS guy, not, mm. not even an FCS guy. But, you know, again, we've seen Aaron Rodgers elevate quarterbacks or running backs around him or running backs, receivers, receivers yeah. around him. Yeah. I'm in horse race mode right now. <laughs> yes, elevate receivers around him. And I think Christian Watson has an outstanding opportunity to have that happen to him as well.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, like over the last two seasons, we've seen uh, going back to the 2020 year where Justin Jefferson um, had over 1,400 yards. And then um, Jamar Chase kind of came back this last year and, and uh, surpassed. Justin Jefferson do you guys anticipate or do you guys see a that type of wide receiver that is in a situation where he could or have a 1400 yard passing yard or sorry receiving yard season like those two guys did Dan any of one of any of these guys that we may discuss uh today that kind of stands out to that has that
1: potential not really I think that 1400 is going to be tough to to amass I, I think we we were lucky to see Justin Jefferson and and Jamar Chase come out and be so effective in their respective offenses. And I think the thing that's hurting most of the guys that came in, outside of Christian Watson and and Sky Moore, is that who is the, who is the quarterback that's really going to be executing the chance of getting fourteen hundred yards. And I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of the quarterbacks that are there. Um, and we'll we'll get into the the seven guys we're going to talk about. But um, fourteen hundred was just you know that's like Randy Moss stuff. Like that's very rare. Um, And you could see by the way that the books are addressing it right now, you know, the highest on the board, I think right now is, is Traylon Burks at 825 or 869 or something like that. So Mm -hmm. um, I think the books are already pricing in. There's not going to be too many people that are going to be, you know, around that a thousand, even a thousand yard uh, territory. Yeah, I felt the
0: same way when I was looking at the numbers as well. And even during the draft, I didn't feel like there was a guy like, you know, maybe Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson in this draft, at least. But uh, Rod, anybody that kind of stuck out to you or maybe even from a fantasy perspective that you may think could have a thousand yard season with five, six, seven touchdowns. I don't see any thousand yard receivers on
2: this list. I, I think I agree with the books in that most of them are probably going to end up being um, you know, uh, capped at maybe 900 yards at most. I would think Christian Watson stands maybe the best chance. Uh, I, I know that uh, Patrick Mahomes loves him, some, some receivers, but I don't even know that Sky Moore could go, go off for a thousand yards this season. Cause he's, you know, Tyreek Hill is probably the only one. And then Travis Kelsey maybe sees the best bump out of everybody on this as well. Uh So, yeah, I mean, like I said, Christian, Christian Watson's probably the only one. I know Trelon Berkson, we'll talk about his number in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, in that offense now, with the Tennessee offense, I, I don't see them going pass heavy now. I think right. with the changes they've made, they're going to probably lean on that running game even more. And, I mean, Henry probably won't get as many carries now as he would before, but I just think this may be a running team more than it is a passing team going forward.
0: Yeah, I agree with a lot of points that you guys just made. So let's do this, guys. Let's take uh, one quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll actually dive into the uh, yardage totals uh, for these wide receivers. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's $50, Win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet casino is offering 100 deposit bonus up to $1,000. $1,000 and also win a golf trip to win in Las Vegas for the PGA Championship if you bet $100 or more on golf this week and be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas for a golf trip. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynbet.com to get started today. Offers subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over or under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like pick over or under. For example, number of points in basketball, or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can play and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download now on their new Over Under game have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile device. Join our sl- listeners group as well on sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and sleeper will automatically match your deposit. Your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP by using promo code SGP NBA. So go to sleeper.com slash SGP NBA to get your first, Match up to $100 for your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, let's dive into some of these uh, player prop yardage totals for these wide, rookie wide receivers. I'll start it off with the first one here on the board. We have Chris Olave uh, from the New Orleans Saints who got drafted uh, to the New Orleans Saints. His number... Uh, sorry, he was drafted 11th overall out of Ohio State. Uh, uh, His last season there, uh, senior year, he had 65 uh, receptions, 936 receiving yards, finished the season also with 13 touchdowns. Uh, Now comes over to a Saints team that we should be seeing them getting Michael Thomas back. They also recently just signed Jarvis Landry. It seems like Chris Olave is probably going to be that third wide receiver. They also still have Marcus Uh, Callaway and Traquan Smith on this team currently seeing his number right now for Chris Olave um, the over under set at 719 and a half receiving yards Rod let me start with you on this one Uh, what do you think about Chris Olave's yardage total here and how he's going to fit in with this New Orleans Saints uh, receiving core
2: I think it's, uh, properly. Well, I, it's funny though, cause the, the, the juice is, is higher on the over. Uh, they, they mm-hmm. actually think that Jameis Winston is going to be the kind of quarterback that can sustain a Michael Thomas, a Jarvis Landry and a Chris Olave. I mean, look for me, I, I don't know that any of these receivers are going to be threats huge. I mean, Thomas is going to get his Landry's always just been a peripheral guy, but I mean, a, as a wide receiver too, in this offense, you're going to see a drop off, and then as Chris Olave at best can expect to be wide receiver three. So I'm grabbing this under uh, at, at minus 105, uh, and and that to me, I don't know why they would think that the over would be a, a better or, or more um, in this. But yeah, give me the under at at 719. He probably comes in close to that number. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's going to be. Far under that number, but I would say that you know 700 is probably where his his ceilings at in this offense.
0: It's going to be interesting to me to see how Dennis Allen in this offense kind of responds here uh, with now Sean Payne obviously not being there. What kind of offense he is going to run because he is a defense, defensive minded head coach, right? So I think that's going to be interesting to see how he kind of plays out here for the uh, New Orleans Saints and their offense. But again, getting Michael Thomas back. I'm not sure if he's going to be on the move come trade deadline, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Dan, what's your handicap for Chris Olave here in the New Orleans
1: Saints offense? Yeah, this is an interesting one for me. And um, I don't have a direct bet that I'm actually laying right now, but I lean to the over only because I'm, I'm intrigued by Jameis Winston because we haven't seen James. He's been in on, on the saints for two seasons now. And, you know, it didn't really do much because they're still playing this quarterback carousel game with, with Taysom Hill, which was a disaster. Um, and now I feel like you're at a point where what is this offense going to look like without Sean Payton? We don't really know. Um, but I don't know that I believe that Michael Thomas is good. And Dennis Allen has been talking about it in the, in the press saying like, Oh, he'll be ready for training camp. It's not a big deal. He had a pretty significant ankle surgery and um Reports of last year, I have him on dynasty teams. Never drafted him and redraft, just because he's too volatile. But I mean, he he sounds like there's some sketchiness going on here. It's almost like some Zion and stuff in basketball terms, where like I don't know really what your injury is. All I know is that you're not playing and you haven't played in a while, and we haven't seen you. And for them to go get Jarvis Landry, the contract wasn't that wasn't that big, not that significant of an investment, but. Um, Jameis Winston gets the ball out quickly. He's turnover prone, but the last time he played for the Bucks, he threw for over 5,000 yards. Chris Godwin went for 1,300, and Mike Evans went for 1,150. The next person after that was Brashad Perryman at 645, who really came on at the end of the season. Um, if Michael Thomas misses time, I would be all over the Alave over, only because Jameis Winston loves to chuck the ball, and he's only going to have Jarvis Landry to do it with, who is like more of a, a uh, PPR, you know, pass catching guy not a huge yak guy whereas chris Olave, we saw make some explosive plays he had six he went over 100 yards in six out of eight games last season Mm -hmm. for for ohio state yeah that's college football but i'm not really too concerned actually about this division the carolina panthers aren't going to be good the the um yeah the falcons (laughs) we know how they're they're not gonna be good and tampa bay i don't know they lost a lot of people so they'll probably control the division but you still get at least six games of production there so I don't love the over right now. It's my lean is to the over and it's really contingent on whether Michael Thomas is actually healthy or not. If he's not, I agree with Rod. He's wide receiver three, take the under. Yeah. I think it's gonna be
0: a wait and see approach with what kind of happens with Michael Thomas. And, you know, I mean, kind of going back, does he even want to be there or not? I think that's another question for me as well uh, for Michael Thomas uh, in the saints offense. All right, let's get over to the next guy on this list, guys. We have uh, Christian Watson, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, he currently is was sorry the thirty fourth overall pick to the Green Bay Packers. Currently, his number is set at seven hundred and, and a half receiving yards with juice towards the under here. Obviously, the big news out of Green Bay: the trade with Devonte Adams headed to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And really, um, they needed to go out and draft a wide receiver, or possibly even go out and sign another one here uh, for these, uh, for this offense with Aaron Rodgers. And I quickly want to touch on the Devonte Adams, and and I think how big of a hole that he might leave here, um, and the yardage. I guess that is kind of up for grabs um, on these on this wide receiving group. He accounted for, I think, over the last two seasons, I think back in 2020 is uh, what I looked at. He accounted for 31% of the uh, passing yards from Aaron Rodgers. Last season, that took a leap up to 37% for Aaron Rodgers. And we know Aaron Rodgers is a 4,000 passing yards type of quarterback. Like I think that's almost automatic for him when he plays a full healthy season. Um, Now they bring in Christian Watson in the uh, draft. They still have, uh, I think they signed Sammy Watkins as well on this team. Um, but Dan, let me start with you on this. Uh, let's start with Christian Watson. If you want to mention anything about you know Devontae Adams here, we can go take care of the conversation from there. But uh, 705 and a half receiving yards here for Christian Watson.
1: Yeah, I. it was more so to the last point that you made about the sign of Sammy Watkins. I don't think that that can go unnoticed. And it's not like Sammy Watkins is great by any means, and he's certainly injury prone. But he's a veteran, and we know that Aaron Rodgers does not trust rookies like that. And it's taken Alan Lazard quite a bit of time to actually earn his trust. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they were okay with letting Devontae go, De- Devontae be traded to to uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but Randall Cobb's still there. And I think that there's definitely going to still be some ramp up for Christian Watson. I, I lean the under here, and it's not a bet that I'm I'm too crazy about. But much to what you were talking about, and how much Devontae Adams really accounted for—you know, 31 percent of the yardage for Aaron Rodgers. He right. also accounted for almost thirty percent of the of the targets. Right. So there's going to be some targets to go round. I just don't know that I would trust um, seven hundred and five yards out of a rookie when Aaron Rodgers really spreads the ball. I mean, the second highest target share of the the Packers last year went to Aaron Jones. So yeah. he's not even throwing to his wide receivers anyway. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just lean the under there just because I don't know what Christian Watson's role is going to be and if he's going to make an immediate impact as a rookie with other veterans there that have been there, such as Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, um, and Randall Cobb, who's who's like his guy. <laughs>
0: I know we talk a lot about with with Aaron Rodgers being, you know, a great passer. Obviously, he is. Do we see that this team may go a little bit more run heavy uh, this season with Aaron Jones and possibly uh, their backup there? Uh, Dan, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's fair. Um, this division isn't very good, so I think that there's going to be some blowout potential for quite a few of the games that the Packers have in this division. The Chicago's awful. Detroit's getting better, but they're still not on their level. And the Minnesota Vikings have a new head coach. And like, I mean, they made some adjustments on defense, you know, drafting, drafting a couple of good players, but I still don't have a lot of faith in them to compete for the division. So, you know, you got eight games right there. Yeah. Eight games right there that, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers may not have to pass that much. Yep. You're going to lean on your young dogs. You paid Aaron, Aaron Jones already, but you got to see what you have in A.J. Dillon. You did spend a lot of high draft capital for him and he proved out to be a very good running back. So, yeah, I, I think that they certainly certainly could uh, have a run heavy approach and not be as reliant on him in the past game. Rod,
2: you know, that's the crazy thing about it. The upside is there, obviously being on the field with Aaron Rodgers. So at plus money, 705 looks tempting, but, uh, and he does, I think still have the best opportunity to be uh, that kind of receiver and to go over 705. But I mean, I'm kind of with Dan on this. You got to lean toward the the under on this. Just because of the fact that, yes, the potential is there and and the fact that he could very well break out, but even with Trey Lance in that twenty nineteen season uh, at uh, North Dakota State, he only caught seven hundred and thirty two yards, six touchdowns thirty four receptions, so his best season uh, was twenty twenty one with eight hundred and one yards, so he's never been explosive. Kind of receiver in his entire career, and so now you put him on a roster with you know Sammy Watkins. Now look, granted, this could go completely the other way and and Alan Lazard could still remain obscure. Uh, you know the ghost of Sammy Watkins could get hurt and 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 Randall Cobb uh, in his seniority may be ineffective, which leaves only Christian Watson to catch every pass from Aaron Rodgers, which is the path that I would see for him to hit over 705. But in all likelihood, this could, just like you guys talked about, be uh, a running team, a rebuilding year for the Packers, as it were. Uh, Poor Aaron Rodgers signed a gazillion-dollar contract, leaving nothing left for anybody on that table. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be tough for Watson to get the over on this. Um, But it would not shock me if he did. But I I still think the under is, is where
0: the good bet lays. And again, I think that there's still the door open where they could still sign one of these guys, veteran guys that are still looking for a team, right? Guys like OBJ, guys like Julio Jones. I think that possibly is still out there. It's not very likely that they do because it is the Packers. They don't don't make those kind of moves, but I think the possibility is still there um, for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's move on to the next guy on the list here. It's going to be the first quarter. Sorry, the first wide receiver that was taken off of the draft board. That's Drake London out of USC. Uh, His senior year, I'm sorry, his junior year, his last season at USC, he had 88 receptions, uh, 1,084 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, for the Trojans, he was drafted eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons big moves this season for, uh, for the, uh, Atlanta Falcons. Obviously we heard about the news with Calvin Ridley, uh, again, with the trade with Matt Ryan headed over to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they did, uh, recently just trade for Brian Edwards from the las vegas raiders to kind of bring in some more depth Where right now what's looking like from the depth chart it's going to be brian edwards on tate and drake london obviously you also have kyle pitts that they probably use more of a, in a hybrid role of a wide receiver and a tight end there for the atlanta falcons but it seems like it's going to be marcus mariota that's going to be the uh starting quarterback for the uh atlanta falcons here i'm currently seeing the number posted for Drake London at 764 and a half receiving yards. Rod, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, how, what are you thinking about Drake London here for his uh, uh, receiving yardage here? Good luck getting 700 yards for Marcus Mariota. I mean,
2: <laughs> really, if we're being honest, th- this it's, it's just a tough thing because Mariota, even in his best year uh, at Tennessee, had 3,426 yards. Uh, that was his second year with the team so and and he had you know big big time guys there as well so now he goes to a situation where he's got pretty much nobody the the falcons are in ruins Pitts is is probably your best pass catcher still by far he'll get a thousand yards but then i think you're going to see a thousand yards out of Pitts, and then basically everybody else is just going to get sprinkled somewhere in the 500 to, to 600 range and you know, as a rookie, this is probably the worst landing spot for the best receiver that they took in the draft because he's not going to get, I don't think he's going to get the kind of play that he needs to get to to hit that mark. And it's sad when you're we're talking about the first receiver taken in the draft, barely getting over 700 yards in his first year. But um, yeah, this landing spot was probably the worst that, that he could have hoped for in the situation that they're in right now. Unless, of course, Mariota comes out, slings the ball all over the place. But the fact that he can take off and run, uh, they've, they, you know, that's well documented. That he likes to run the ball as well and, and and scrambles. So, yeah, I mean, the Falcons are the Falcons right now, and and unfortunately, I don't know that any of their receivers are going to get uh, too much play other than than Kyle Pitts, who is not even a receiver. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. give me the under on this one. Unfortunately, for for London,
1: uh, Dan Drake, London for the Falcons here. Yeah, we're a pretty depressing podcast right now. It's a it's a whole <laughs> bunch of unders. Um I'm, I'm under on this as well. I think Rod laid it out perfectly. Marcus Mariota just doesn't have the profile of a gunslinger uh someone that can support multiple 1000-yard receivers. We saw Kyle Pitts be you know, get a thousand yards last year. Um, great, great rookie season for him. Didn't really score that many touchdowns, but I think he's going to be the one, a alpha in this, in this offense. Um, Patterson also is a guy that's going to be annoying throughout the season because he plays that hybrid, you know, Debo role of, of running back and wide receiver. And, uh, Omalade Zaccheaus is still there too, who also had some, uh, soaked up some targets last year. Now Russell Gage is out of there. Um, and obviously Calvin Ridley is not going to be playing, but to expect Drake London to jump in here for 750 yards in year one with so much uncertainty at quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter mid season. I mean, I, we don't even know if Desmond Ritter is a true NFL quarterback, you know, yeah. like his profile, you know, he he didn't go in the first. He didn't go in the first two rounds. So we don't even know if we're, they're getting the QB of the future here. So they could be playing um, a really bad game of, of QB carousel here and uh, having so so much volatility in the quarterback position. Even if Mariota's is great and Desmond Ritter does his thing, I don't see that supporting 750 yards for Drake London. I wouldn't be surprised if they started running the ball a lot more, get more balance in their offense, um, and just try not to lose as bad as they did last year. Yeah, I think Rod said it the best is that you no know, Mariota quarterback,
0: I mean, he's not going to get the passing yardage, right? Like we've seen it throughout his career with the most where Rod said he's had about, what, a little over 3,000 yards in his career. So, um, and again, like you mentioned also, Dan, that we might see the carousel about, you know, Mariota maybe start the first six, seven, or maybe half of the season. And then if they think that Desmond Ritter is ready, then they can, you know, bring him in and the second half of the year and just see what they've kind of got from him. And, you know, we kind of laid it out that, that balance is what this Atlanta Falcons team need to really get back to because when they had Matt Ryan there, it was a lot of throwing a lot of playing from behind and having that balanced offense, you know, really keeps a defense on it. So I think that's, you know, something that, um, that I think that Falcons are going to have to uh, focus on this season. But again, at the, at the win total that they do have right now, we're expecting this Falcons team. would probably have a top three pick uh, or top five pick coming into the draft next season. But Dan, I want to go back to what you said about the unders. Hey, last season when we did, the um uh, the season long player props uh I went thirteen and zero on unders you went eight and three so combined twenty one and three on unders it's really where it's at so you know yeah. uh, if, we're, if we're talking about unders hey I'm all for it man especially with the results that we did have last season obviously we're gonna do that again this year with our season long uh, prop bets yeah. um let's get the conversation uh going here guys uh, let's go over to the next guy on the list here and that's gonna be uh, Garrett Wilson also another wide receiver. Out of Ohio State. Uh, let me quickly pull up his numbers here from last season for the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. He finished the season, uh, let's see here, junior year, 70 receptions. He also had a thousand, a thousand uh, receiving yard season at exactly 1,058 yards for the Buckeyes. He did finish up with 12 touchdowns in that uh, season. Uh, he did end up going to the New York Jets. Uh, where I think this is going to be interesting, guys, because you kind of take a look at the depth chart here, uh, at, especially at the wide receiver position for the New York Jets. And, and they have some guys there. And I think there's a lot of conversation. I think, Rod, you can also expand on, on this as from a maybe from a fantasy perspective. But we're kind of looking at Elijah Moore uh, in that wide receiving group. Corey Davis is still there. Denzel Mims, I think, had a, you know, a lot of. Um, hype maybe last season as being a guy that can have a breakout year. They also have Braxton Berrios on this uh, wide receiving group here as well. Currently, what I'm seeing listed uh, for Garrett Wilson's receiving yards for this upcoming season in his rookie year is going to be 749 and a half for the New York Jets. Second year uh, quarterback Zach Wilson for the Jets here at a BYU. Dan, let me start with you on this one. 749 and a half Seems a little hair high to me as well on this. I'm I'm leaning towards the under, but can you talk me out of that one?
1: Nope. Can't talk you out of it. <laughs> um, you laid it out uh, pretty well, and I think it's really just there's too many mouths to feed in the Jets passing game this year. Elijah Moore comes back for year two. He had a Really nice rapport with with Zach Wilson. But then you also have Corey Davis, Braxton Barrios. I don't even know what's up with Denzel Mims. Um, he really hasn't been uh, working out too well there. But even so, you know, when you spend your draft capital to, to draft Brees Hall, who's probably going to be their third down, their three down back. Yeah. Uh, Michael Carter, I think, might absorb some of those target shares as well because he played majority um, – Kind of in that receiving role for North Carolina when he was in college. So um, I think he goes into a little bit of a natural fit there, also catching passes. There's just, I just don't see where there's going to be that much room for him to get 750 receiving yards. Um, but on Garrett Wilson, there is a bit of promise and optimism here. Um, I'm actually interested in his touchdowns prop that's currently sitting at three and a half, given right. how successful he was at finding pay dirt in college. And in the last 23 games, he scored 19 touchdowns. So um, and that's across his sophomore and junior season. So um, I, I think the Jets offense is definitely going to be better. I think they had one of the better drafts in the NFL this year. I think we're going to see them score more. They, they did ju- address their offensive line. So Zach Wilson should have a little bit more time to throw the ball. Uh, three and a half touchdowns actually seems uh, like a good number that I want to back the over on. because um, I think he, he will be their red zone um, and touchdown threat if, if they get down there.
2: Rod, uh, Garrett Wilson here. Dan's killing the brand by taking it over. Um, look, at <laughs> it. last last season, the leading receiver for the Jets was Elijah Moore. He had 538 receiving yards. Now, again, Dan did allude to the fact that, yes, the Jets are probably going to be a little better this season. But when you have Corey Davis with 492, Keenan, uh, Keelan Cole with 449, Jameson Crowder with 440, I mean, this is a, a team that spreads the ball around. And so for any one receiver, especially a rookie receiver, to have 700 yards, I mean, when you're a leading receiver last year, you didn't even get 600 yards. How are you going to expect a rookie to come in in this offense, uh, even in a, a Zach Wilson's second year, to get 700 yards? I mean, there's just no, no possible way. I don't see a path at all to a 700-yard uh, receiving year for uh, Garrett Wilson. Does he have the talent to do so? Absolutely. Uh, could he be on a team that would give him an opportunity to do it? More than likely. Uh, is the Jets that team? No. <laughs> so you're going to have to take the under on this one.
0: Yeah, I agree with like all, all the points you guys made there. Is that it, especially what you just said, Rod, about the, the guy that had the most receiving yards on this Jets team is was only around 600-something, and I expect expecting a guy like Garrett Wilson to come in and get over 700, uh, 750 receiving yards, but I just don't see it happen because there's going to be some other guys in this you know, on this wide receiving group that are going to have a breakout year. And I just don't think that it's going to be Garrett Wilson again, like you guys talked about, it's going to be Zach Wilson's second year. He's going to trust those guys that he's kind of built that rapport with last season, where he's going to trust to throw the ball more to those guys versus having to come, come have a rookie coming in um, where he doesn't have any chemistry yet with again, you do work on that during the off season, but When you have guys like, you know, we just discussed, I think this is a solid under and I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. Um, I think the potential is there for sure. Like you said, Rod, with both of these guys, the Wilson connection, but I just don't think it's going to be the first year here, especially for Garrett Wilson. Um, But you guys have anything else for Garrett Wilson here, Uh, Rod? I mean,
2: look, I would say full fade the Jets in fantasy anyways. Uh, but you know, there's some intriguing plays that we'll break down, uh, listen to the fantasy football pod when we break down the, uh, AFC uh, East or, or whatever they're in. I don't know. Yeah, AFC. AFC. <laughs> yes. they're somewhere in the AFC when we break them down. Uh, we'll, we'll give some good, uh, insight on the jets. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at unders for, for receiving totals, then yeah, I think 750 is just.
0: Where'd they get that number? (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, Dan, anything else for Garrett Wilson?
1: No, totally agree with both of you.
0: All right, let's do this. Let's take another quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll get to the last three guys on our list here uh, for these rookie wide receiver receiving props. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also brought to you by IPvanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISV, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPvanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPvanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish online, on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com and use promotional code SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code set, promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break here let's get into the next guy on the list we have Jahan Dotson out of Penn State Uh, his senior year over at Penn State he finished the season up 91 receptions with 1,182 receiving yards also had 12 touchdowns for Penn State in his senior year there he gets drafted 16th overall to play with Dan's best friend, Carson Wentz, over with the Washington Commanders. Um, I think that this is, I think we could probably agree with this and we'll, we'll kind of go around the horn here, but probably the reach uh, of the draft here, maybe uh, as far as wide receivers here, but currently uh, I'll give out his total here is at 700 nine and a half receiving yards over with the commanders. Uh, you have Curtis Daniels going to be back. I think he had an injury uh, last season. Um, and then you also had uh scary Terry over there as well. Who's absolutely been fantastic. And guys like camp, uh, Cam Sims, uh, Deami Brown as well on this commanders wide receiving group. But um, Dan, let me start with you on Jahan Dotson here with uh, the Washington commanders and your good old buddy, Carson Wentz.
1: Oh, man, this is the smash under of the of the day here. (laughs) Love it. Um, Now, the positive for Dodson, he posted a top six career dominator rating in the 22 draft class. That's per PFF. But this landing spot is just a huge question mark for me. As you alluded to, Carson Wentz is under center. Michael Pittman was the only receiver to get more than 384 receiving yards last season. Wow. So going back (laughs) to the 26, 2016, 2018 season with the Eagles, that's the last time you can find two wide receivers that supported more than nine North of 700 yards. So you're playing with Carson Wentz, a guy that only averaged 209 passing yards per game last year. That ranks 27th in the NFL behind my boy, Jalen Hart, Jalen hurts. So, you know, as you alluded to, again, there's actually still some competent wide receivers for the commanders. Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel makes his return. I think he really wasn't utilized at all last year. And then you still yep. have their wide receiver one in Terry McLaurin. Yep. I don't see where you're going to get Jahan Dotson, the reach of the draft from Penn state who's dropped quite a few balls, and um, I don't know. I just don't trust Carson Wentz to throw the ball a lot. If he does, it's going to primarily go to the guys that are more veteran status. Um, reports are good for Dotson so far, from what I've seen out of rookie camps, but I'm not enough that I'm confident he's going to get over 709 receiving yards in his rookie season, smash under. I think that if we just said
0: that the quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz, I think that's the only <laughs> handicap that we probably have to give here. But uh, <laughs> Rod, Jihad and Dotson here, my man. I mean,
2: Dan's, that took my stat right of it. I mean, literally, I would, I would take this under at like 500 yards. So like whatever they offered, even up to 500 yards, I would take that under because Carson Wentz cannot support two receivers that are good. And you got Terry McLaurin over there. That's a thousand yard receiver in and of his own right. You've still got Antonio Gibson, who look, I, I know he's not Jonathan Taylor, but he's still a damn good running back that when Carson Wentz has a good running back behind him, he doesn't need to throw the ball as many times, 3,500 yards last season with Taylor. And, and again, a thousand of that went to Pittman. And then you just got 384 yards and, and a smattering of other stuff going on. So I'm not seeing a, a, an even a, a remote possibility that Totson's going to get anywhere near 700 yards. So yeah, uh, give me the under all damn day.
0: They still have J.D. McKissick there in that backfield as well, right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: I was just going to say that. They just reassigned J.D. McKissick, too, and they drafted Brian Robinson, which I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Rivera was like, I don't trust Carson Wentz either. Let's run the ball more yeah, Um, or or just do short dump-offs or something. So, yeah, 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 I I just don't trust it at all.
0: Yeah. we even mentioned, like Roger said, Logan Thomas at, at the tight end position as well. So yeah, this is looking like a, 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 a definite, definite under a smash spot here. Maybe best bet quality here for uh, Jahan Dotson to go under uh, his uh, projected number here of 709 and a half receiving yards for the Washington commanders led by Carson Wentz. All right, guys, two more guys on the list here. Let's get to the uh, next guy, Sky Moore. Um, for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he I'm quickly trying to pull up his stats here. out of western Michigan, his last season uh, was a pretty good one for him. 95 receiving uh, sorry 95 receptions with 1292 uh, receiving yards. He also had 10 touchdowns there for uh, Western Michigan. Now he goes oh, gets to play with the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the big story here, like the Green Bay Packers, they do lose Tyreek Hill uh, over to the Miami Dolphins. So, But they did bring up, uh, pick up Juju Smith. They also do have um, – who's the other guy that they picked up uh, at their wide receiving group here? Let me quickly pull up their depth chart here. Uh, give me one second. Yes, so they got Marquez Val. Uh, yeah, val- there it is. MVS. You're right. There you go. Um, so it, it's going to be MVS. It's going to be Miko Hardman, Juju, and now you add Sky Moore here to the uh, wide receiving group for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Currently, his number is sitting at uh 680 and a half receiving yards for his rookie season with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Dan, let me start with you on Sky Moore here, my man.
1: Guy Moore. Um man, I, I I lean over here only because I just don't trust that Juju can stay healthy and that MVS is actually gonna work out with Patrick Mahomes. If you didn't work out with Aaron Rodgers, how are you gonna work out with Patrick Mahomes? Um uh, I really don't like this over, so that's why I'm not betting it, but my lean is still over at 649. Like I feel like there isn't enough in the receiving room that I've seen that he can emerge as one of the best wide receivers with Patrick Mahomes because Miko Hardman is another guy that like, I don't totally trust because he's usually that guy that, you know, he's like the third progression in the, in the offense, always like, he's not a guy that you're going to target heavily at each game. And I don't know that any of the people that are currently there other than maybe Juju is mm-hmm. going to warrant more than maybe 10 target, you know, eight to nine targets a game. So yeah. I think Sky Moore actually jumps in here pretty good. Handpicked by Andy Reid. Um, I like his prospects here. I think he's going to probably flourish. Um, he's one of the guys I've been targeting in Dynasty Leagues um, just before the mere opportunity of the fact that there's no alpha truly established in, in, in Kansas City. But yeah, yeah. My, my gut is lean over strictly because of the opportunity and where he landed and the fact that he doesn't have as strong of competition as maybe some of the other teams that, of the guys that we've been talking about today.
0: Yeah. I and mean, take a look at the last two seasons for, um, or even, I mean, over the last five seasons where with Tyree kill was with Kansas city, right. I'll quickly run these numbers off for his receiving yards, 1,183 in and 17, 1,479 in 18, uh, 860 in 2019. We're going to play 12 games. in The last two seasons he had 1200 receiving yards. So those are going to be up for grabs and you know, how, how good of a, or not good of a, but uh, how pass happy this offense is uh, with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy there with Patrick Mahomes. But um, it just kind of seems like that it might be a, just a bigger year for Travis Kelsey, and I think that maybe he eats up some of that yardage instead of these other wide receivers here. But Rod, let me kick it to you, May here uh, Sky Moore. Where's the love for Josh Gordon? Like the guy's gonna get a <laughs> chance, right? Right? He's still on
2: the <laughs> roster. He's still on the team. Uh, he he oh. could have a breakout season. Uh, no, just kidding. Look, yeah, you're right. I think Travis Kelsey stands to to make the best of what uh, is happening around him now, uh, and you probably see him bump up to that 1,200 1,300 range uh, in in yardage. But um, I, I'm intrigued by the over because it is at 680. This isn't. We're not asking the 700. McCole Hartman had 693 last year. Brian Pringle in five games had 568. So uh, you know, in five games that he started. Uh, so there's, there's room to wiggle in this, you know, even Darrell Williams, the running back had 452 yards, which we know they love to throw the running backs, but you know, you give a guy like uh, um, Sky Moore, a chance to catch passes from Mahomes, Maybe he does get instant uh, connection and, and maybe uh, chemistry with him to, to get a few more opportunities where Tyreek Hill would have left behind because, you know, again, I'm, I'm even Juju Smith Schuster. I, I don't know. Like, I want to believe that he's going to be a true number one receiver uh, for this team, but I, I don't know that I trust him enough to be that type of, of receiver. So maybe he becomes the 1B to Travis Kelsey's 1A, which still gives uh, a guy like Sky more an opportunity to to see a few more opportunities. And, of course, we know that they like to pass deep. So all it mm-hmm. takes is a few games where he'll have a couple hundred yards, you know, here and there to to get this mark. So... I mean, this may be the one where I take over uh, on this one. I may break pattern uh, and take the over. And they're they're both juiced the same way at minus 115. So, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I think that this might be one of the overs that I actually do like. And again, leaving that, you know, the, vo- or the availability of up to 1,200 yards, I think that there might be more focus on defenses trying to stop or trying to contain Travis Kelsey opening up the opportunity for other players uh, and receivers on this, on this wide receiving group for the Kansas city uh, chiefs here. But I don't know. I I think that, I think this is a a year where Juju could bounce back again. We, you know, we talk about the injury and things like that, but I think this, there's a chip on his shoulder where he needs to come out and prove something. And now being with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I don't know how how much stock we want to put into that. He, He actually got over to Kansas city deleted his TikTok and things like that. But I mean, it is a conversation piece, but I think that this might be a, a year for Juju, and you know what this past offense. I think there's a, a world of possibilities here, so I'll leave with the over with you guys as well. Um, let's get over to the last guy on this list here that we're going to talk about today. That's going to be Traylon Barks. Uh, he is going to be out of Arkansas. He was the 16th overall, no, sorry, 18th overall pick. Over to the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, the news with the Tennessee Titans trading A.J. Brown over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, looking for him to kind of take that role of what A.J. Brown did uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Currently seeing uh, Burks's um, receiving yardage total at 869.5 for the Tennessee Titans. With Ryan Tannehill under center there. Rod, I'll start with you on uh, Burks here. Um, I think that I think we we're talking offline that we may see a more pass happy. I'm uh, sorry, a more run heavy uh, offense with Derrick Henry uh, with the Tennessee Titans. But Burks, he is the highest. He has the highest receiving yards on the guys that we did discuss here. But what are you thinking about Burks here? I mean, this is another
2: under. We're going to go right back to the under 869 is a huge number. Uh, for not only a rookie uh, receiver, but a rookie receiver on a run first team. And you look at what happened last year where A.J. Brown, obviously, yes, he missed some games, but he only had 869 yards. The next uh, receiver in terms of yard was Nick westbrook Akine at 476 uh, Julio Jones had 434 Chester Rogers 301. I mean, even with Derrick Henry hurt these guys still tried to run the ball and and Ryan Tannehill. He wasn't necessarily throwing the ball as much as as you would have expected him to even with uh, the injury to Henry. He still got 3734 yards but he did it in a way where everybody got a pass. Uh, you look at the year before that, A.J. Brown had 1,000 yards. Corey Davis had 984, but the next re, uh, leading receiver was their tight end, Jonu Smith, at 448. You know, even back to 2019, A.J. Brown caught his 1,000 yards, but Corey Smith only had 601 yards. So I don't, I'm not seeing a pattern here that would make me feel comfortable giving a guy, uh, Traylon Burks, even with his talent, uh, 869 yards in this offense, especially this season, losing a guy like A.J. Brown uh, in the way that they did. I mean, that was a, a shocking loss of a, yeah. of a star receiver. So you got to think that this this team's going to be reeling a little bit and and, and they're going to need to find an, an, an identity. But I mean, they already have an identity and that's a run team. But I think they're going to have to solidify that identity this year. And that doesn't leave much room for Traylon Burks to catch 870 yards.
0: Yeah, I like it, man. I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, Dan, obviously your Eagles pick up A.J. Brown. From the Titans, they look for Burks to kind of um, fill that void that A.J. Brown leaves here. But um, if you have any thoughts about your team getting A.J. Brown, I'm to throw that in there. Also, uh, uh, your handicap for Burks here.
1: Um, yeah, us getting – the Eagles getting A.J. Brown is is certainly a game-changer for the prospects for Jalen Hurts. I think he has three formidable weapons right now when, in Devontae Smith, who we developed rapport with is in year one, and then he's also got Dallas Goddard. Um, I feel really good about having Quez Watkins be the deep threat guy. Um, I just think it makes the Eagles dangerous and we can probably talk about it on another pod another time, but I really like the Eagles win total. That was at eight and a half. It probably went up when they got James Bradbury, but I think that they've just loaded up the right time uh, to, to potentially give Jalen hurts a shot here. I know you're not a believer in him um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the regular season, but definitely not in the playoffs, but oh, no, he was a cash cow proven for moment for him for
0: sure. It was Jalen Hurts was a cash cow for his last season. You were quick he was, to pull it out. He was with his, prop cast. We yards. love him. Yeah,
1: prop cast. We love him. Yeah, I think NFL, he's gonna be a big year a real, real football. Uh, we'll, we'll see, see. <laughs> but AJ Brown will certainly help that. <laughs> certainly help it. Um, but yeah, back to Traylon Burks though. Um, I see a little bit. I see some optimism here, and it's really because I'm trying to really navigate what's going on in Tennessee and. You know, losing Derrick Henry last year was huge for them. I don't think that they were expecting to have to rely on Brian Tannehill to do anything more than what he always does. You know, his season in 2020 was... Surprised everyone, right? Like he actually looked like a very good, you know, top ten quarterback. Whereas mm-hmm. he definitely regressed in twenty twenty one. But if they have a healthy Derek Henry and they can get back to what they were doing, I do think that there's some opportunity for Traylon Burks, mainly because you know one hundred and fifty three targets are being vacated with AJ Brown being out of there, along with Julio Jones. Um, but I think Rod brought up a good point. With, it's very dis- it's it's very unnerving that Akine was their second leading receiver last season um they did get robert woods but he's coming off an acl injury so he's i mean well before he even got to tennessee he had injury problems you know his times dating back to buffalo so i don't know that we can totally rely on him i'm just concerned that there's not a lot of weapons here and i would price shop for this i've seen his number as low as 825 and as you know on dk it's or on one of the books it's 869 and a half um I would take the under on eight sixty nine and a half. a half. That's just too rich. And it's funny that they, they listed at eight sixty nine, considering that that was what AJ Brown did last year in 13 games. But uh, I'd be a little bit worried about Ryan Tannehill here. He's already saying he's not going to mentor Malik Willis. Who knows if he even has any time. I mean, I don't know. I think that the fact that you drafted Malik Willis says that your, your time is running out, bro. So yeah. you got to get it together, um, which could either light a fire or he could buckle under pressure. So, um, on a positive side, you know, I think Burks, for a reason, has the highest receiving yard total out of all the rookie class thus far. He is second. He had the second best explosive target rate in the 2022 draft class at 27% per PFF, which I think would indicate really well in a play action fake, a play action heavy offense. Um, he could definitely get some big plays, and that's really what A.J. Brown did for them. So I think the books are really just sliding him that he's A.J. Brown 2.0. Mm-hmm. Not sure that I totally believe it. I definitely don't believe it at 869 and a half, though.
0: Yeah, I think this number is a little too rich for me as well. Um, at 700, I can see it, even 750. But I think when, you, when you're t- getting past 800 here, I think that's a big number. Again, we talked about all the guys that we did today here, and, and he has the biggest number or um, the largest number here of, of the seven guys that we did, did discuss um, of all these rookie quarterbacks. And I think that his situation doesn't really make me a believer that he'll get over this number here of 869 and a half for the Tennessee Titans offense. Um so those are seven guys we did discuss here. Uh we'll give out some best bets here as well. A uh, lot of unders that we did like here. So I'm guessing it's going to be an under train and I think that's really the right way to kind of really attack these uh the player props especially when we're talking about season long player props because there's just so many things that can happen uh with injuries and things like that. I think the one I, I, I always reference this when I'm talking to friends offline or even on pods is I took the under on Ryan Fitzpatrick last year uh, with his passing yards. I think he only ended up with like four passing yards. Or I don't know. It was something outrageous. So he got injured and his season was derailed, but let's do best bets here guys. Um, I'll Rod, I'll start with you, my man, uh, best bet of the seven guys that we discussed. What's your best bet here?
2: I, I just think the last one that we gave out is the best one. Cause again, it is the highest total. Uh, And it is probably the easiest one to cash. And like my buddy Cody says on the NASCAR gambling podcast, you only pay the juice if you lose. So uh, you know, the, the, I think the price is right for an under there. And if you want to, I mean, look, if you want to win a bet, (laughs) then you might as well win a bet. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you pay for it. If you're going to win it, uh, you're going to win some money. So I I think we just laid out exactly why trail on Burke should go over the, under this number. Uh, So I, I, I don't think you should, Get too cute. Don't outthink yourself and just win yourself some money. Yep. Dan,
0: best bet uh, with the guys that we did discuss here?
1: Yeah, my best bet's Jahan Dotson under 709.5. And, a half. and we, we, we said it best. It's Carson Wentz. Take yep. the under.
0: Yeah, uh, that was going to be my best bet, too. I'm going to co-sign that with you, man. Jahan Dotson, I think. And for all the reasons that we did lay out, right? We talked about the other positions on this team. With you know, you still have Scary Terry as your number one guy. We talked about Logan Thomas, so we've we you know we mentioned his name, but we've we not talk about how he's he, he's probably a top five tight end at least from fantasy perspective. Rod, you could you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that. When, um, yeah. And you still have the other guys that are depth, and I think that you know when you have Carson Wentz there, it just it it just doesn't make sense to me why this number is even at uh, seven hundred and ten for him to get this. So, um, and also Dan, you talked about he, he drops balls as well, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not there for him. So uh, double best bet for me there. But I think I think six out of seven that we did talk about, I think we're all leaning towards the under here on this. And I think that's really the way to attack uh, these uh, player props here, uh, especially for rookies. Um, That's it, guys. Uh, We kind of went through that fairly quickly, but uh, I think that was some great conversation and great handicapping as well. Uh, Again, we'll be here. Throughout the offseason, discussing more and more player props and awards markets and things like that. But uh, Dan, I'm going to get to you, man. Anything else you want to get off your
1: chest here before we get out of here and let the people know where they can find you, my man? Yeah, make sure you check out the NBA Gambling Podcast. We are on and rolling every day, uh, handicapping the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Uh, McKee and I will be, will be on tomorrow. So make sure you check out our bets for Friday night's contest as well as uh, Saturday's um, game which would be game three, I believe. Yep. So, um, yeah, and continue to support the prop cast. Uh, Rod and, and Munaf, I mean, Munaf does freaking everything when I think Rod's <laughs> quickly catching up to him and doing the most pods on this SGPN network. So, continue to support the fam. Uh, really excited to meet the crew, the NBA betting crew, um, in Vegas next week. So, uh, follow me on Twitter at Dan Titus, and uh, yeah, definitely more season long props coming your way. 100, percent Rod.
0: Uh, kick it to you, my man.
2: Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Uh, make sure you check out the Fantasy Football Pod Tuesdays and Thursdays. And now Wednesdays, we got Terrell and Scott holding it down now on Wednesdays for the and uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. So props to them for throwing a Wednesday show out there. Make sure you check out their good stuff. Uh, USFL Tuesdays, and of course, we're breaking down some divisions on Thursdays. Thursdays for your fantasy football purposes Uh, all-star weekend in NASCAR. Make sure you check out Cody and my NASCAR uh, gambling podcast and, and very, very soon the CFL gambling podcast dropping on the network. So uh, lots of stuff going on. Of course, make sure to just check it all out at RJ via Gomez. We can find uh, where I post it.
0: There we go, man. Again, so much happening on the sports gambling podcast network to make your life easy download the SGPN app. Just go to your app store and Google play store, download the app. Uh, you'll have everything that we cover. If it has odds, we're pretty much covering it. So again, Guys are putting in a lot of work. They're putting in a lot of prep time and hours to get these pods out to you guys. So make sure to uh, support us. Leave us a rating and review. Hopefully it's a good one, Um, but leave us a five-star rating and review for all the pods that are happening on the SGPN Networks. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. We will be back next week in some form or fashion uh, to discuss some more NFL props here. Uh, Like I said, we'll be here all throughout the season. Good luck with your bets for the rest of the rest of this week and into the weekend let's break these books off and let it ride